Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We've got a packed hour for you. Sports Lib, second half of the hour. We'll talk NCAA basketball tournament and Virginia championship with Mike Rutherford at the bottom of the hour, plus more highlights from that national championship game coming up. But first, wanted to talk a little NFL draft and a little Saints. And right away, Mike Dettelier is going to join us, NFL and college football analyst for WWL and, of course, host of the second guest show during uh, football season. Mike, what's going on, buddy? Uh, been a little bit. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you, Seth. Uh, I, I, indulge me here uh, with this first question because you probably answered it a thousand times over the last couple of months. But I'm so curious with the the meteoric rise of Kyler Murray and how just uh, you know a few relatively few months ago he was thought of as a mid round pick, then it was a first round pick, and now he's expected by most to go number one overall. Uh, what do you make of his draft stock and if it? wasn't for the hype then the Heisman that he won where do you think talent wise he would fall in in your mock drafts and your guide well one of the things Seth that you look at is that up until basically January uh, the thought was he would play pro baseball so you know that that was the big part of all this that you know none of us thought that he would all of a sudden flip and and play pro football instead there had been some rumors out there that he might. But, again, you, you hear a lot of different things. So I think the thought process was, uh, you know, man, playing pro baseball is tough. Man, you know, the, the percentage of hitting on that is really, really tough, no matter how good of an athlete you are. And so if I take him, you know, where would I take him if he, if he doesn't cut it in, in pro baseball? As it got a little bit farther down, then, you know, he started looking at this, and I think he had a pretty good observation that he'd go in round one. And, yeah, you can have a longevity if you make it in baseball. That if comes into play here. Um, you, you never can build a team on exceptions to the rule. That, that's, that's not how you build a franchise. Uh, every – small running back has been compared to Darren Sproles as only one. Every five foot nine safety is compared to Tyron Matthew as one. Uh Sam Mills when he was playing, God bless him. Every small linebacker he's the next Sam Mills. There's only one of them. Kyler Murray's an exception to the rule. And so you had to go back and take a look at it and how well he threw the football and his accuracy from the pocket and his ability to extend the play, and you say, wow, this, this guy's got some talent skills that in the pro football we're looking at today, not the pro football we grew up watching, but the pro football we're looking at today in the right system, he, he can be a star player in this league. And so I do think one of the things that came into play here, with the Cardinals with the first pick, they go get Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff had already been on record talking about, man, Kyler Murray's a special talent. 
And I'm not real sure, but I would bet a lot of money that when he had his conversation with Steve Kime, the general manager, he was, you know what? I know you guys picked Josh Rosen last year, but if you if I'm going to get the job, let me pick the quarterback. And, you know, if we go down, we go down. But we're going to do it my way. And I think that was a big part of it, uh, too. So I, all those things had to align for him to get there. All of them. But no one questioned. We had on, you know, June Jones. I think it was the second second guess in August. Um, and I asked June, I said, have you watched Kyler Murray play? And he said, yes, I have. He said, matter of fact, he said, a couple of executives in the NFL sent me film. And he said, I watched the plays he had as a backup. And he said, I think he's a better prospect than Baker Mayfield. Wow. He said this before Kyler Murray took one snap in 2018. So, you know, June spotted it. And, and, I, and I give him full credit. He was the first guy I heard say it, that I think he's got a chance to be a special player in this league. Well, if they draft Kyler Murray, that means Josh Rosen, who still has four years left of team control, is there, and he was a top 15 pick last year. Is there any trade value for Josh Rosen out there? Because, let's be honest, and it wasn't certainly all his fault or even a majority his fault, but that offense with Rosen was just putrid, one of the worst in NFL history last year. It was awful. Uh, so, you know, my thing, the way I look at it this way, if I don't get a first-round pick back in return, I'm not trading him. This stuff about a third-round pick, come on. You know, the, the general manager is the one who traded up in round one to get him. Am I going to tell my boss, hey, Mr. Bidwell, uh, you know that guy that we traded up for last year? <laughs> uh, we got a third-round pick in exchange. Now, if it was a new GM, that might be a totally different story because he's not his guy. But Kime made that decision last year. So this may sound a little bit morbid, but I think it's what they're going to do. If they don't get a first-round pick in, in exchange for Josh, I hold on to him. I do remember what happened with Teddy Bridgewater. And he went down and looked the bounty that the Eagles got when they sent Sam Bradford to Minnesota. And, and you know, listen, things will happen in this league. Uh, disappointments, injuries, whatever that Josh is more valuable to me on this club than if I give him away for a second-round pick or a third-round pick. I want a first in exchange for him. I may not get that, but uh, if it was another GM, I would say, yeah, he, he would have made that deal by now. I think with the guy who picked him and traded up to pick him, now you got to back him because the owner's saying, wait a minute. A year ago, you told me this was the guy, and this is what we get back in return? Something's wrong. So I think that um, you go in it with both unless you get a great deal, and something will happen. Something will happen that you may get a really sweet deal out of it, either disappointment at the quarterback position or because of a major injury. 
It's Mike Dettelier here on the last lap with us. Be sure you're following him on Twitter at Mike Dettelier, special, especially this time of year. Great information uh, he has. And the rest of the top of the draft, you have Bosa and Josh Allen. No, not that Josh Allen, a different one, but uh, Devin White and Quinnen Williams. How do you rank all these prospects and where do you think they'll go? I think one of the things this year, and I've said it, actually I wrote a column a year ago at this time, this was the, one of the I, – I put it, this was would be one of the best defensive line drafts I've ever done, and I've kind of modified that. It's the best, uh, especially at interior defensive tackles. What's going to happen early, and we're going to see it happen in front of our very eyes, is that I think you're probably going to have 10 to 11 outside linebacker, defensive ends, defensive tackles going the top uh, rounds of the draft. And you'll have the two Devons, Devin White, Devin Bush. Four quarterbacks get selected. So if you're looking at that and add up those numbers, that's 17 players. Most likely you will have five to six offensive linemen. So now you're at 23 at this point. Man, if you're a running back, a wide receiver, a defensive back at corner or safety, you waiting. All the big men are going to get taken, and you're going to get pushed back. So I think there's going to be a run on big men and front seven players defensively and the four quarterbacks and offensive linemen because that's the one area in my 34 years doing this that has been consistent. As it gets closer to draft time, offensive linemen make a run up the boards. Uh, for whatever reasons, uh, there are only that many guys that big, that fast, that uh, agile, that can protect your multi-million dollar running back and, and quarterback. So that's what's going to get eaten up here. All those top defensive players, front seven guys. So guys like Greedy and Byron Murphy and the Sierra Adderley and, you know, Jonathan Abram, the DK Metcalf. They're going to kind of get kicked at the back a little bit because of that run. Now, I do think there'll be one pass catcher, and I think that's T.J. Hawkinson, the tight end from Iowa. I think he, he goes in that top 20. But you could see the rest of them get kicked back. And so what does that tell you more likely? Man, the early part of round two, you're going to get some real value here at the wide receiver position that – you know, those guys that may have been a first-round pick grade for a team falls. The Greeks settled it years ago, Seth. Got a chance to pick a really good big guy, really good smaller guy. <laughs> Give me the big cat. You know, and that, that's how the NFL draft is. And at quarterback, either you got one or you're looking for one. So I, I do think that with Kyler Murray and Drew Locke and Haskins and Daniel Jones, those four will go. The one thing that I did back in mid-March when I went to print, uh, I kind of pushed those other quarterbacks into the teens. Uh, everybody had Haskins, a top 10 pick, and uh, all this other stuff. I think that once Murray's off the board, that's going to be a pretty good gap between the second quarterback here. And I think it'll, it'll be 10, 11, 12 before the, the second one comes off. But then I think they'll, they'll peel off pretty quick afterwards. So it's, it's a great running back draft, but only one will go in round one, Josh Jacobs from Alabama. 
you're going to get value in the second, third rounds. We've seen that every year. I think that continues again this year. I'm glad you brought up DK Metcalf, as most fans <laughs> now know about him because of the social media pictures with him looking like Hercules or Eric Killmonger or something like that. Wide receiver for uh, Ole Miss. Uh, didn't produce in a significant way statistically, but he shot up these draft boards. Mike, what do you think about DK? Um. Uh, He's a big kind of basketball forward guy. He's a guy that can post up downfield, and you look at that big body receiver, and he's got huge hands, catches the ball extremely well. He's a nightmare to cover, short, intermediate area to field, red zone. The big negative for me with him is he's been hurt every year. Every year at Ole Miss, he has went down to – and it's not a little injury. He's, he's had some pretty – Strong injuries. He had a neck injury that ended the season, and this last year. So that's the biggest concern for me. Can he stay healthy? I think if he can, I know the type player he'll be. He's a big receiver that can post up, can run those uh, tough routes over the middle and catch the football. Now, is he as agile as a five foot ten, hundred eighty pound receiver? Come on. Uh, it don't take a rocket scientist to figure out he's not that agile as that smaller guy, but that five foot ten guy, you know, when he's going up against a five foot eleven cornerback, he might not be able to outmuscle him and outjump him. Uh, DK can, and so yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, listen, you just Liam and and I had the first picture, Seth. We we did the Friday at the Manning camp a year ago. And Deuce and I and Christian, we doing the show, and Deuce was like, whoa, you know, D.K. Metcalf, A.J. Brown are there. And I took a picture of Deuce and D.K. and A.J. And so after we took the picture and we finished the show, we started to walk off. I told him, I said, Deuce, man, you know, Ole Miss got to play those guys at defensive end. They're bigger than any guys they got on the defensive side of the football. And he started to laugh. He's like, I think you got something there. No, you, you saw how yoked up this guy was. And, you know, again, he's from an athletic family. His dad played at Ole Miss, actually, in the NFL and finished his career with the Saints, Terrence Metcalf, offensive lineman. So he knows what it takes to play in the league. My biggest concern for DK is can he stay healthy? Because if you've got trouble staying healthy in college, you're going to have difficult. You know, I think that there is some residue of that that you may have difficulties staying healthy at the NFL level. Mike Tatillier's draft guide is out. It is just a wealth of incredible knowledge here as we head into the draft. How long, and I can't remember if I've asked you this before, I probably have, but how long does it take you to put that together every year, Mike? Don't ask me, Seth. Uh, <laughs> uh, this, it's a every day. Um, I may take some time off, uh, but – if it's 365 days out of the year, I probably work on it 352, something like that. I mean, I'll take some time off, but almost every day, and I'm regiment, which is bad, but that's, that's just part of how I am, that I spend time either watching film, going through uh, the, the bio of a player, and, and just trying to connect it that way. So, um, yeah, it, I spend a, all year doing it, and Again, I'm working now on next year's group. Uh, so never ends. You know, it, yeah, it, it it does. It's a continuous cycle, and I think the big thing is going to happen next year 
is, and Nick Saban blew up about it, and everybody's trying to point that he is upset about juniors coming out early. That's not why Nick got upset about talking about people leaving early for the draft. Nick sees the uh, forest before the trees, that when the XFL comes into play, Mm. they're going to have a totally different set of rules, and they're going to go after freshmen and sophomores that you know the NFL does not go after, and it's going to open up the Pandora box here. And, and college football now, you know, with this transfer stuff, uh, I, and I don't get any of that anymore. And that that's opened up one end. But if the XFL does what Vince McMahon has said he will do, and that he doesn't feel as though they can compete against uh, with senior players and junior eligible players, they're going to go after freshmen. And sophomores, and you know, I, I just think that that is going to really be something, and potentially cause a lot of havoc in a conference that is full of freshmen and sophomore players playing big. And I'm talking about the SEC and also the ACC. I, 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 I can see what he was talking about. You can see the fire in him, and I think he was talking to the mass of people out there saying, hey, listen, I'm telling you now, this isn't going to be great for college football. But he knows he's going to get hit. LSU's going to get hit. You can't tell me that Grant Delpit couldn't play in the NFL today. Sure. That Tua Tonga-Valoa couldn't play in the NFL today uh, with his skill set. Uh, so I think that, that that's something, you know, Vince, you know, he will come up with something, and he's talked about this now for two years straight, is that, He's not going to have an age limit. So, man, Seth, we're going to have some long talks about this, but I guarantee you that's what Nick went off about. It was not about juniors coming out early. It was about what's going to happen freshmen and sophomores. Uh, it's going to be fascinating uh, to watch all that play out. It's Mike Dettelier, NFL and college football analyst for WWL. I thumbed through his draft guide uh, pretty much every day. Um, a little bit before and after work. Mike, always appreciate chatting with you, bud, and we'll talk a lot more here as we get closer to the draft. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, Seth. Appreciate it, bud. All right, we'll take a break. Coming back with your calls and texts. Phone lines are open for you the rest of the show. 504-260-1870, our text line, 870-870. The last lap continues on WWL. I just saw something I had never seen before in my life, and I've watched a lot of baseball. I just saw a sack fly from second base. Tim, what happened here? You were watching this too. It was in this Royals Mariners game that we're watching over our shoulder. Yeah, well, Billy Hamilton, he's basically the fastest guy in baseball. He was on second and uh, it was a hit to deep deep center field and sure. the center fielder caught it, but he bobbled it after he caught it and it was trying to I guess he fell down. Like, yeah, right, he fell down. They ruled that a sack fly though, right? Yeah, it's a sack fly cuz he he tagged off second base, but Billy Hamilton is literally Fast. Like, I mean, that's absurd. Yeah, 6.7 6.7 seconds from second base to home. That's incredible. Sports lives here in just a second. Uh, I want to squeeze in Jimmy and Gretna. Jimmy, uh, we're tight. Only got about 30 seconds, but what you got tonight, Jimmy? Hey, great show as always, Seth. Um, I went to the Pelicans game tonight. I'll call back tomorrow. I kind of want to give my assessment to you and see what you think about the team. But it, it, the, the Cliff Nose version is I think it's time to move on with Gentry. I think he's a nice guy, but three out of four seasons with Davis and no no playoffs, um, you know, it's sad what's happened. I, I do blame the organization, although Davis has been, you know, a, a real a real pain in the butt the last couple of months, and he got some bad advice. But, um, 
I'm going to call back tomorrow night. Great show. And uh, I'm looking forward to hearing your Pelicans and synopsis going into the offseason. Yep. Thanks, Jimmy. Appreciate it. Yeah, call back tomorrow. We'll talk a lot more. Also, check the podcast. Uh, My opening monologue tonight was on the Pelicans and the end, the merciful end of this AD era. Let's get some sports libs in here tonight. We do this every night. Fill in some blanks like Mad Libs, sports style. Tim's the MC behind the glass. What you got, Tim? All right. Next year's college basketball program to beat will be blank. Virginia, as it sounds like, most of their stars are back outside of Hunter. I guess we're waiting on a decision from a Kyle Guy, but look, if he's back, watch out. You could see a repeat here. Next. All right, the next question is UCLA basketball coaching search. The coaching search actually was finished today, but it's been blank. A disaster. I, I don't really know what UCLA is doing. That's a proud basketball program that just – was grasping at straws and trying to lure everybody there mid-level coaches like and this isn't a a, not trying to be a shot here rick barnes but let's be honest it's not the guy that you think going to be leading ucla back to prominence it's just for a proud basketball program one of the four or five most prestigious programs historically yeah it's been bad all right the third question is chris davis is the Baltimore Orioles' first baseman, he went 0 for 49 to start the season. Set the record. Set the record. That is blank. Yeah, and it goes back to last year, but it's it's absurd, and here's why it's absurd. Why does this guy still have a job in the big he, leads? I know it's a big contract, but eventually you just got to cut ties with the guy. He's hurting your franchise. He's owed $17 million for the next three seasons, yeah. and then he's owed another additional $42 million after his contract's up, kind of like the Bobby Bonilla thing. I mean, that's So they can't really cut him because they owe him so much money. Yep. Uh, one more, Tim. All right, the winner of the Masters Golf Tournament this weekend will be blank. I'm going to go with Tiger with you. I know you placed a bet here. I'm rooting for Tiger. I mean, who isn't? It, it, well, I guess there's a lot of people who aren't, but you should be. It'd be great for golf. It'd be great for sports. So I'm Team Tiger with you. What was your bet? Tommy Fleetwood. So not Fleetwood Mac. No, Tommy, Tommy Fleetwood. Fleetwood uh, he looks like a beetle with a <laughs> yeah. long hair. He is British. Mm-hmm. He might win it this weekend. I'm all in for long-haired golfers. You know that. That's Sports Slips. We're back. Moment is in. You're not going to want to miss this. We're going to present without commentary some Magic Johnson press conference. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.